be perfectly fine. Fine. Okay, fine. Fine. You're listening to Everything is Fine in Southwest Washington, where we recognize that everything is not at all fine, discuss what we can do about it, and empower you to connect with your community. Okay, and then so what we haven't brought up is that there's actually another candidate running against, or actually was another candidate running against both Blauer, Bauer, Blauerman. Blauerman. <laughs> Blauerman, dude. Both Bowerman and Blom, and that was Jesse James. You want to tell us a little bit about Jesse James, Yes, Philip? I goddamn do want to tell you about Jesse James, because Jesse James is the best county counselor we never had, but almost had and could have had, and I just, I really... I even three years later, I just wish that uh, I wish he'd won. So wind back, wind it back to 2020. And you've got this, you know, this race for the, this Clark County council uh, seat and John Blom's the incumbent. He's being challenged by uh, Karen Bowerman and Jesse James. And it is a, um, you know, with the, 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 manner of election we have here we've got like you know the primary and then whoever the two that are highest in the primary go on to the general election and face off against each other um blom's an independent at that point uh jesse was running as a democrat and then bowerman was running as the republican now jesse james is like nobody expected he's, he's just this guy who came out of nowhere and nobody really expected to go very far um, he made it through the primary. Like, I think he got second in the primary. So yeah, so he um, he with Karen ousted the ousted, incumbent. Like John, John Blom, Blom never made it to the general. He even make it through the primaries. No. He got he was out. Now with a little help from his friend Eric. Oh or, yes. sorry, his enemy Eric Temple, <laughs> Karen's <laughs> friend <laughs> Eric Temple, <laughs> and his money. But anyways, yeah, yeah. So well, but Jesse. <laughs> got through jesse got through and he damn near like he didn't win in the end because like fuck you (laughs) we'll get into the money situation in a moment but like he he came like when the when the polls closed on the first day jesse was in the lead that's how close he was the lead just diminished and diminished and diminished and then he slipped behind and unfortunately lost the election to karen bowerman who i didn't know what the, i was working uh i i volunteered for the jesse james campaign that was the first like major local thing i did um and it's one of the like there's two campaigns i just have so much pride i was involved in one was you know jesse james's and the other was kim harless's um but this jesse james ran on you know, get it, like he ran on the corruption of this money. He ran on the things we've been talking about today, um, as well as the environment, as well as like he was a, a, a one of the most decent man I've ever encountered who's had the guts to run for anything. Um, I also appreciated um, watching that uh, Colombian editorial board interview or whatever he was talking about. This was during like all the black lives matter stuff. And he was, um, he was talking about wanting to implement like a cahoots program that's similar in Eugene, oh, which is basically yeah. like, 
yeah, what defund was, the police means, but people want to pretend like it means like abolish the police or whatever. But yeah, he, um, basically, yeah, sending out sending out medical social you know, workers, yeah, people who deal in mental health rather than a cop with a gun. Yeah, and they had huge success and they saved money, according right. to Jesse James. It's like it's a it's been that a program has been hailed as like something great and he wanted to bring that to Clark County. Now that's not even a discussion anymore. I haven't fucking heard that at all. Yeah. No one's even, you know, it's kind of sad that, um, you know, maybe Jesse James could have put forward something like that. Had he won, um, we'd probably be living in a different, Mm, (laughs) quite a different situation here. And you know what? I remember I didn't, I was kind of like new to the whole, politics thing at the time and I didn't really understand like the effect that money can have on campaigns and my first like I, I remember going out to a stretch of road with a like a Jesse James camp t- sign you know and trying to find a place to put this sign because like every single ounce of ground had just been plastered with Karen Bowerman signs and it Paid never for by Eric Temple yes <laughs> I'm sure it said that on the back. I just didn't yeah. check. Uh, <laughs> Brought to you by. Brought to you by. Eric Temple. This county counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by Eric Temple. Your, poly, your local government. Brought to you by Eric Temple. Yeah. Ding. Um, but it never occurred to me to question, like, how come Karen Bowerman, who also was kind of like someone I'd never heard of, maybe she was like no more well known in Republican circles, but like she was, she wasn't like this big name either. Um, how how could she afford so many signs? Never occurred to me to ask. Jesse James, he selected the state's mini reporting option, meaning he agreed to raise and spend no more than $5,000 and only accept up to $500 from any single contributor. Nobody, none of us really knew, or I shouldn't say that. I can't speak for anybody else. Um, But I had no idea that Karen Bowerman was just getting so much fucking money. And still, at the end of the day, she only won by, like, what, a couple thousand votes or something. I was going to say... Uh, with Jesse's option that he chose there, he sure got really freaking far. Yeah. If he like, Sp- you know, he had a great message. He almost beat her. So, um, well, also do we want to talk about that? Um, that editorial board interview with Karen, John, I should say their full names. Bauer. Yeah. Karen Bowerman, John Blom, yeah. Jesse James. They're all running, running against each other for the third. And, Jesse says something very interesting. This is from Jesse James. One of the things that concerns me is campaigns. One of the things I see a problem on the council is that the council deals a lot with land use issues. Well, the people who depend on decisions for land use are developers, realtors, those types of people. And it concerns me very much that those special interests fund campaigns. Now, here's the very specific thing that is has to be talking about eric temple he says it concerns me very much that somebody who may have lawsuits with the county funds campaigns <clears throat> so lawsuits he, with the county yeah gee who has lawsuits, who has with, lawsuits the county with the county at, at that, that time. time yeah yeah so everybody knew and you know jesse knows he's running against karen bowerman mm-hmm. like it's this is People knew it. I mean, yeah. obviously, like the, yeah, the Ann Rivers text, like everybody knew it and everybody knew 
that money was earmarked for Bowerman. Jesse James knew it. Jesse James is questioning why somebody who is literally suing the county and being sued by the county should fund a county counselor's mm-hmm. campaign to that tune of money. Yeah. So, well, I, I, yeah, a lot of this, a lot of this passed me by. But yeah, I'd I'd forgotten about like his his support of cahoots and yeah, like the th- things he ran on were like the cahoots, the environment, and getting these money out of these campaigns. And then, you know, that was 2020. One year later, we had um, Kim Harless running for city council against an opponent who had, like, received more money than anybody had ever seen in that, you know, that type of race before. So it's it's prophetic. It just, like, it, we keep seeing this. And I just, I, did, I didn't realize, because you just, you kind of, like, nobody nobody's advertising that nobody's saying hey i got a whole shitload of money funneled to me through right you know <laughs> hey this rich dude laundered some money and guess who ended up with it me yeah i get like to big. buy all this shit now no yeah nobody's it's sort of everybody knows but nobody's advertising yeah because and, it's like yeah it's just like kind of whispered and right and people whatever. need to be talking about this on a more open level of this is incredibly fucked that's what i've noticed too yeah it's like nobody everybody's so afraid of like oh we can't call out this politician because then they're not going to do what we want it's like well they're especially someone like bowerman you're not going to convince her of anything that you want yeah she she has she does she works in the interest of conservative ideology which is Mm -hmm. god knows in the interest of let's bring corporate interests here and make money basically like there's no like her goals are antithetical to ours so like this whole idea that we're just gonna like sweet talk them or we can't talk shit about um her husband or to her husband on facebook is fucking bullshit i mean if if your husband is blatantly being the go-between between between rich person's money and his wife yeah yeah his freaking wife yeah and if and your husband's a fucking climate denier (laughs) god anyways yeah you heard it here first folks earl bowerman is just the worst yeah i mean if you didn't already know that i think a lot of people like when i told them that like did you see that guy he's an open climate denier that's well that's wild it's 2023 and we still have climate deniers like and yeah everyone's like oh yeah that's earl bowerman for you i'm like oh okay i guess once again like a lack of outrage to me i just feel like it should be politically toxic for someone to still be denying climate change but we're but actually it's like not in the, no don't talk don't yeah. talk crap to the council chair's right. husband he right. you know you know what you know who doesn't worry about that the crazy motherfuckers who get up there and spew nonsense yeah yeah right. they they yeah who i don't people like earl bowerman are trying to cater to yeah. with his client climate denying bullshit <clears throat> okay so it feels like maybe we got uh, like all of this all of this relates to this but we haven't like mentioned the concrete batch plant in a while here (laughs) so what so getting back to like why this all relates to that so what happened as we just discussed karen bowerman wins she gets in there um and so and what we do know is that a settlement was signed right so we're we're thinking the timeline here so 
Um, the rezone happened, or the 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 rezone was rejected. Eric Temple puts all this money, makes all these allegations, all this hubbub, gets Karen Bowerman over the line, or helps get her over the line. Has a a very large influential hand in getting her over the line and winning. And once again, we know he stands to gain from activity industrial activity on the rail line that he operates and the county owns. So once Karen Bowerman is in there, uh, 13 days into this new makeup of the council, it was like Gary Medvegi, he had been appointed and then he, he was up for election too. So he got in there and it was Karen Bowerman and it was Temple Lentz mm-hmm. and no relation to Eric Temple. Her first name is Temple. It's just a weird coincidence, but um who else do we have choiring and was it julie olson yeah julie olson so yeah that's the new makeup of of the council karen's there 13 days in the settlement gets signed and the which recommends the rezone 13 days into her tenure right and we included this at the top of the episode the actual recording of it who introduces the motion Karen Bowerman, uh-huh. the motion to dismiss or to to settle. Karen Bowerman to uh, agree to the rezone request and recommend to the hearings examiner that the hearings examiner does so, and that's exactly what the hearings examiner did. Complete flip flop on the previous um, decision. So people can <laughs> make draw conclusions for themselves if. Uh, it's a string of really weird coincidences that Eric Temple just gives money to the Republicans, which just happens to end up with Karen Bowerman, who just happens to sign, you know, introduce this settlement, you know, the motion to do this settlement. That whole thing goes through like clockwork, and then the county guy switches his decision which suddenly means that we have this like industrial railroad patch in this light industrial area by this whole bunch of neighborhoods that which happens to benefit happens to Eric Temple. Night, yeah, that <laughs> happens to be Eric Temple's railroad. Weird. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, nothing, no one is more Clark County than Eric Temple. He's just like everywhere. Um, and then Knife River just happens to want to build a concrete batch plant there, which may or may not benefit like you know, have rock from Eric Temple's. Right. If that's, alleged, if that's, if true, that's if even true, owns, like we don't yeah. know that's true, but you know, potentially have rock from his interests struck down on his railroad to For the, his, the rail he's operating. The rail he's leasing. He's leasing it. Remember the yes. county owns okay. it, but yes, but effectively his, his fingerprints all over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He lives rent free on the, yeah, yeah, exactly. His um, lease at that time. Anyways. So like just destroy our, destroy our neighborhood and destroy our environment and the immediate area and just be an awful, awful thing. Yeah. And if maybe we should just reiterate what I mean, I mean, we did, I guess like just like the serious health implications of something like that being near a residential area. I mean, like this is like not a freaking laughing matter that everybody had all these people, including Eric Temple had their hand in moving this process along and, and doing it. And, and oh well so that's the other thing the questions that remain we know that we we just discussed all this eric temple karen bowerman shit but there were four other counselors that signed the settlement Mm -hmm. and it's still it's never going to be clear why 
I've heard that they probably, obviously they don't want to make a statement on it, but um, they might actually be legally bound to not have to make a statement on it. The executive sessions, when they discuss lawsuits or appeals or whatever that are going on with them, are all private. The only snippet that we have of um, the settlement is where they all say I and it and it is you know so yeah um and then the question is like um how did he know that Karen would do what he wanted I mean like Mm. we'll never know for sure like we know we'll never know if there was a quid pro quo but it's all these things are really they're not said anyways right? right I mean we all know that even if you don't say it hey if I fund your campaign and you get on there you do you know I'll scratch my back or your back you scratch mine right but it's a very specific thing right <clears throat> so he like there must have been some level of understanding there well yeah and I mean it was a complete reversal from what the county was doing yeah. they comp- they rejected this thing they said no they then they fought him in court on the lease like they're they were willing to fight it wasn't just like oh you're gonna appeal okay i'm gonna roll over now like like they don't they don't just do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't just do that they demonstrated that they don't just do that so and they'd already spent i had this somewhere they already spent six hundred thousand dollars like at that point on fighting eric temple of taxpayer money oh in court which got And then they just, well, okay, well, yeah, so that got resolved. We're talking about two different things here, though. But yeah, so the the Pioneer Industrial case, remember, Eric Temple's not actually part of that case. Oh, for sure. Yes. But yeah, whatever. His, suddenly that that works in his interests. Like, why do you think Temple Lentz signed that? I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know what Karen pushed for in those those sessions like i don't know and like they knew the implications of it gary medvicky mm-hmm. knew that he gary medvicky had been point had been pushing for industrial along the chalachi prairie railroad right. around the time when the state law was happening or whatever he was he was for it but he had said that he um he knows that there needs to be like a balance with right. uh, with the impact on schools in the area, right. for example. Being for that is different than we're going to rezone this one little patch so we can put a concrete batch plan in to make this whole thing work. Well, yeah, well, yeah. But the thing is, is he he went he went back on that. He's like, oh, we're gonna do. I would assume that, you know he was pushing for industrial, but maybe he was thinking like light industrial zoning or something yeah. like there already is in that area. Yep, right. Yep. Yep. And that we, you know, every potential project we need to consider the impacts. Like he said that in, in an article, one of the Colombian articles. Um, but he, but he, he does, he said, fuck it on this one. Like there's no, <laughs> he didn't care. Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Right. Uh, he said that he cared about the the potential impacts on residents and and children in the area schools yeah. and then he completely goes against what he had previously stated right and approves a settlement so it's just i don't know why the fuck they all signed it and i think we're like never going to know but what we do know is that Karen Bowerman introduced the motion which any counselor can do mm-hmm. i also was confused because um she's the chair now but at the time that she introduced that motion she wasn't the chair yeah 
Um, so it's not like she is just the one that enters the motions. Like anybody can enter a motion. Right. She specifically entered this specific motion. Yeah. Like she was probably, this is all speculation. She was probably, you know, in those sessions advocating for, Hey, let's just settle this thing. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's worth noting that the makeup of the county council at that time, we had Eileen Quirin, who was extreme far right crazy, Karen Bowerman, who we've you know been talking about, she's right right up there on the right too. Um, Julie Olson and Gary Medvedge, both Republicans, more reasonable ones, but still like on the right side of the spectrum. Temple Lentz was the only Democrat, and she did provide like a barrier to some of the most like egregious racist shit that came up on the council in those those the, that year um, from Eileen Quirin, but. I'm just, I like, she's the one who should have known better, I think, of, theoretically. I don't know a fucking thing about her. Um, exactly. That's... So what... And I know I know she was, like, in the... There was some ethics complaint with her and fucking Eric Temple. See, that's what I'm saying. Or that, that's, that's the only conclusion I can come to, is that, like we said, all, there's all these indicators that ever, Jesse James knew. Ann Rivers knew. Everybody knew Eric Temple was funding the shit out of Karen's campaign using the, the Republican Party to do it, right? And then, the, lo and behold, she fucking ousts the incumbent in the fucking primary. <laughs> and then she goes on to win. Like, they're probably like sitting next to this bitch going, okay, well, well Eric the- Temple just bought a person on the council <laughs> and I'm next. Like, I don't know. And also... I mean, they're, he's just making their lives hell, right? Yeah. He's he's filing complaints. He's talking shit in the press. Yeah, and it should it should be noted that everybody expected, nobody expected Jesse James to get through that first like round of that first primary. Like they expected it to be, um, Blom versus Bowerman, because Blom was the he might have strayed from the Republican Party, but Blom was still the incumbent. Bowerman's got the money. And yet Blom gets kicked out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like, I don't think that's an excuse for you to like poison, choose this rezone that would like poison a fucking community. Right. Like, I don't I don't. Right. I don't think any of them deserve a fucking pass for having signed the settlement. I I think it was wrong and they should have stood their ground. But like, it just shows that certainly a few of them should like Temple Lent should because she was a Democrat. She should have known better Um, or you know, not that I'm a Democrat or particularly care about the Democratic Party, but comparatively, that's who you had to be at the time to like, right. be on the right side of things. Thank God we've gone nonpartisan. And then Gary Medvedge, like actually, from the sources I have, which are very reliable, Gary Medvedge actually does care about kids. So when you say he's worried about the schools, I believe that. Exactly. He should have like, kind of good on some environmental issues too. Yeah, he's kind he, of a weird he, Republican in that way. He should have. He should have like. That should have been an issue for him because this thing is right there. Poison, like the neighborhood that I am in that is 0.4 miles away has a shit ton of kids. Thir- so we, we talked about 13 days after Karen Bowerman sworn in there. The settlement happens. Pretty interesting timing, right? Um, but then what happened to the lawsuits that actually involved Eric Temple, because once again, the settlement does not 
name is not he's not a party in that in that thing right um he stood to gain from it yes but what happened with the contract dispute what happened to eric temple's lease uh what happened with him suing the county for retaliating against him or whatever yeah we did find some answers there right um some answers that we haven't dug into kind of yeah so what we found out what philip found out last night is that a stipulated motion for dismissal with prejudice was filed on december 20th 2022 and that the judge did dismiss that case so from what i understand is the stipulated motion means that the parties have stipulated it to to it so like they right. this, they want the dismissal to was, happen they go to agreed. the judge yeah yes. between both parties like the the document i like that preceded that in kind of this timeline of documents that i found about that case was like referring to um you know they filed for an extension of time to do something something so they could like continue their negotiations basically and it, it specifically mentioned that yeah the negotiations are going pretty well what those negotiations and we're we're on our way to reaching a settlement but what those negotiations were and like what they actually discussed i don't know well that's the other thing um that that i i looked up somewhere when i was looking up like what is a stipulation motion for dismissal with prejudice means um that those the those um the agreement could be the agreement could possibly be private we might not get to know but what we do know we do know a lot actually is that a new lease was signed with eric temple so they were warring over the lease specifically in the previous regime of the clark county council over uh him wanting them to implement this law and then they're like wait hey fuck you uh, why are we, why are we giving, why do we have the shitty lease with you that like nobody signed and like, why is this going on? Like, okay, we're going to sue you to like figure this out. Um, you know, and then now, so fast forward to this new regime and I don't know I'm saying fucking regime, like anyways, but <laughs> this new iteration of the Clark County you know, council, you spice it up a little um, bit. It's getting boring. <laughs> yeah. So now we have a, a new lease that the county um, has agreed to with Eric Temple. All is calm and harmonious. You can't find any articles about this. You can't even find any articles that any kind of that the this dismissal happened. Um, mm-hmm. Even though this was like very, I mean, this saga has gone right. on and it's been in all the local news. Yeah. No, we had to go look up court documents to figure that out. Yeah. And so it seems that the county and Eric Temple are working together once again, and they want to bring, they want to fix the railroad, and they want to bring industrial there. That mm. is very clear. It's worth noting, because I don't think we've mentioned it, the Knife River uh, concrete batch plant that we did the previous episode on has been, like, Knife River has withdrawn. Like, so we're no longer under the threat of that, but it still remains a industrial railroad zoned area. So God, like, we're going to be watchful for a, where Knife River goes to build their like shitty, um, concrete batch plant next, because it might be a neighborhood, which isn't as 
you know, well prepared. Like they, they got beaten back, I think, because of the Friends of Central Vancouver and Jan Kelly and her associates um, did this amazing job of organizing. If they go somewhere else, which doesn't have that level of organization, and they could like still stick it somewhere else, like a like a poorer neighborhood, yeah, you know? like a poorer neighborhood, which because a lot of these people, I think, who can make up things like the Friends of Central Vancouver, like they got, they've got. I would guess a lot of them are retirees. They're about in that age bracket. I would guess mm-hmm. they actually have time to deal with these things, um, to make this like grassroots, you know, thing. Um, and then the other thing is like, who, like that thing is still sitting there zoned as heavy industrial. So what's the next company that's going to come along and say, Hey, we can use the railroad to do this shitty thing. Right. And then with this lease, um, and, and once again, like if there are experts out there or anybody else that want to review this lease, um, well, I will say, first of all, um, it looks like they did. Uh, it's the lease looks. It's at least seems like it's a better uh, deal for the county rather than before when it was just like <laughs> rent free for the first thousand cars, baby. <laughs> now it's uh, what was it? It's like it's like half that. It's like five hundred cars are rent free. So that still seems like whatever. Anyways. Um, there were a few things and then it seems like he, uh, PVJR is more, um, in charge of like maintaining the railroad than, uh, they were before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so whatever, but still the whole, the whole point is that they are trying to bring industrial activity there. And here are parts of, here's this, the stipulations of some of the lease here. So we've got. Um, cooperating with PBJR to identify and apply for appropriate track-related state and federal grant funding, which we know some of that has already happened. Like, they're looking... They're not tearing up the railroad. They're fucking putting something there, and they yeah. want economic activity there, and that economic activity is industrial activity. Yeah. So this, this shit isn't going away. That's, like, that's awesome. I'm glad Friends of Central Vancouver formed because yeah. they... they uh, Jan Kelly, as you said, they're, they're not going away even after... They're going to keep fighting, and they shouldn't against they this stuff. Shouldn't go away, and they should keep fighting because, like, there there will be a next round. Exactly, the, the battle is won, the war is ongoing. And then here's another stipula- stipulation: implementing a new zoning designation called "quote rail ind- railroad industrial." So, yeah, that same zoning designation uh, for an area north of the cu- current Vancouver urban growth boundary, south of Northeast 149th Street north of northeast 119th street and both east and west of the line of the ra- the line of railroad so it it is it's doing a zone it's doing a zone change okay for that area and i'm not clear on like what's, everything within that okay i was gonna ask what's in that area but that is implementing a new zoning designation for railroad industrial once again god and do we need to go over again just to i i know this is a lot of information, but it's just important once again to note that, where is it here? Yeah. So let's remember what railroad industrial means. It means that these use, the, the additional uses that you can get with railroad industrial is oil and gas extraction, mining, support activities for mining, uh, 
wood paper manufacturing, petroleum and coal products manufacturing, chemical manufacturing, all those things. Hmm. So that's what this new lease is doing. So I find that super concerning. Um, it says identifying mineral resources based land uses located abutting or near the line of the railroad. That to me is clearly referring to the rock quarries in, uh, is it Yakult or Amboy? It's, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they are, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. Um, and the, the, the whole saga of the concrete batch plant and that they're now pulling out knife river is pulling out is a sign that we can mobilize against this and we can do something. And like, yeah. you know what? Hey, if, if we want to have a railroad there, let's, let's, let's do some kind of activity that is not as environmentally harmful or harmful to the health of people around there. And if you yeah. can't fucking do they, it, then don't fucking do it. Yeah. And that's what we need to, the residents need to draw the line on and, and that why we need to be like watching yeah. this no, process. They, they've already like, even though they withdrew, there's already damage that's been done. They took out a, a ton of trees and, and stuff that just are not gonna like, I think my my roommate was saying he grew up he grew up in this area he used to play in that you know be in that woodsy little which no longer exists it's so fucked up yeah um and and it just like we're just I don't know man and and honestly like fucking we need better people to run for county council and all these these positions here cuz yeah we can we can like this shit can we need be to oust bowerman we, we need, need to oust bowerman yeah and then turn our sights to the rest of the to the rest of the less than well performing members of that particular council oh another thing about the lease is that th this was like my other question okay because it's like okay the fucking the settlement thing it's like oh that's that's so clearly right after the election happened like it seems like obviously all those things are connected mm -hmm. right um but then with the lease i was like okay well this wasn't till december 2022 right mm -hmm. um so you know that's like what two years or one year into bowerman being in office yeah i getting that right um so it's like doesn't seem like it's immediately connected to the election. Like Karen Bowerman got in there and was like, all right, let's fucking dismiss this thing. Let's get the new lease going. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, it does seem like, like this lease is a very long, intricate document. Like this process could have taken a while. I don't know. But anyways, the whole point I'm trying to make is that it's very interesting that if it's December, 2022, wouldn't, that mean that the three new counselors were coming in literally the next month? Oh. Was there some kind of deadline? Or they, <laughs> were they trying to okay. get that in there before before the other counselors that might not approve of the thing? I don't know. Also, the lease, interestingly, isn't signed. It's signed by Kathleen Otto, the manager. And then it's signed. It says, like, the council agrees. And then it's signed by Karen Bowerman. <laughs> 
as the it's Wait. like it's like Karen Bowerman and it's like the Clark County Council like she is the Clark County oh Council my God. and it just has her signature on it of, okay. and it's probably because she's the chair yeah, but it is but interesting still that just that doesn't feel right yeah <laughs> yeah and like why is it's, why is this, she one entering this, the motion why is she entering the motion God, why is she yes. signing the document and this like, isn't this isn't a birthday card you don't get to write your name and you know family yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and for yeah me yeah me and my buddies over here yeah, me and family yeah. yeah so that's i don't know what the fuck's going on with that but it's it's weird it's like okay well was there a was there an effort to ram this through before any new counselors came in and yeah you know i, I don't know we'll never know but and they, the county wants to work with Eric Temple because they're kind of kind of fucking stuck with him if they want to do anything with that rail line is what it seems like, too. Yeah. But, yeah, they're all buddies now. Everybody's cool. Oh, happy ending to our story. Yeah. Everybody, everything's good. We're getting that rail industrial yeah. in there. Hell, none of the council members live near the proposed Knife River site. So yeah, you're we're gonna good. We're going to get jobs. Yeah. You, us peons get jobs. You're going to huff great. silica dust. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I, I, so I used to, I used to work at a, a plant which manufactured silicone wafers and like there was, um, one of my occasional duties was sweeping this back area where you would have like a, you know, buildup of broken, like shards of broken disc or whatever. And like, it, it was basically silica dust. And I was warned very specifically, do not inhale this shit. Be very careful while you're sweeping this up. And then there's people that are just going to be working around that and all the time. That, yeah, like, no, that was a that was a occasional thing where I was sweeping up small quantities that just kind of ended up like dust. It just kind of ends up, you know, in the back there as through the natural process of things. Right. Imagine if you were just like exposed to that all the time, like as your job or you but live yeah. next to a plant. That yeah, no, it will. Or, it will yeah. I can't imagine how much that would would, you know, mess up a person's respiratory system. Yeah. Like just and again, go back to the Jan Kelly interview if you want all the gruesome details of what this would have like. Yeah. Silicosis. What this would do to people. Yeah. Um. So it's some serious shit. And that is, God damn. I hate, I hate to go on. Go on. But just go, going back to like us talking about like what happened then, you know, it's still ongoing, but it also like shows us like what's happening. Now. It helps us understand how everything happens on the council. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Jesse James's quote where he's like, you know, the fact that they make all these decisions with land use means that all those special interests have are are there. They yeah. got their stooges. They're showing up to the meetings. They're financing the candidates. Yep. Four out of five of them take money from real estate and are endorsed by the BIA. That's just a fact. You said something interesting, like that just kind of passed by. You said like paying off stooges and compare that to like, wouldn't it be nice if I just had a whole bunch of money and could pay someone to go in my stead? <laughs> Hey, job creation. You get to be paid to go like pump my propaganda at the county council. Win, win, win. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of us don't have that luxury. Again, we don't have fucking $20,000 stuffed, you know, just between the cushions of our our pristine couches waiting to be uncovered so we can throw it at a a fucking, um, you know, 
whatever whatever we want to buy be that a seat on the council or be that someone to go in your stead to like talk about this this because i i have seen people show up to important like meetings about like stuff like um I don't know the methanol plant that we're trying to put up in Kalama. And obviously there's people there that are being paid by that company exactly. to show yeah. up and like give their little spiel. They're getting paid. They're not mm-hmm. going to say such awful heinous shit unless you're getting like, exactly. Cause obviously they're not, cra- there's, there's crazy people who actually legitimately say that awful heinous shit. They're not crazy people. They're people who are getting paid off mm-hmm. um, to do a job which mm-hmm. this is not how democracy should function. So when you t- when you said that this was the one of the most American stories we'd covered, yes it is because it's about like the fucking wholesale purchase of our democracy by these elite rich motherfuckers. Exactly. Even and ugh. yeah. And this this stuff ha- can happen under cover of darkness if people aren't paying attention and that's like the, this story and so much and the fact that we're doing this comp plan update and like they're supposed to be addressing climate change now that the, the the state law has passed in it and the fact that they're already like posturing toward this this high number that will produce more sprawl and all this shit is is like the law is the law but like only if you implement it you know what i mean that's yeah. what i've realized too it's like they they they'll try they'll try to find ways around doing what they have to do and um and it's that's a good thing you mentioned the methanol plant because that's that's even another instance of like this area where people came out and yep. they outshine those paid chill motherfuckers yep. i remember going to the the methanol plant one of those meetings um one of their council meetings whatever it was everyone was told to wear red and uh, if they so if they support they were against the methanol plant right yeah and there was just a sea of red shirts yep. and there were like a handful of stooges wearing white, I think. Yeah. And like, so the story isn't to say that like we can't do anything mm-hmm. about it and we should just all give up. It's like, actually we can, but we have to like, we have to mobilize. We got to right. streamline. We got to right. fucking band together. Get, get involved you know. and hit door. Like, run for office yourself because like god damn anyone with the guts to actually call it as it is and take say hey these people are really shitty yeah Um, we know a lot of people that would be really happy if someone ran against karen bowerman (laughs) (laughs) which her election you you want something to you want something to run on we just gave you a whole podcast worth of something exactly exactly Um, and also like the the idea that these county councilors are these you know smart leaderly people is more often than not completely bullshit no they're just like the most they're, confident or the most yeah no they're dumb people who act confident usually yeah I, I, and i do make exceptions for that there are legitimate good public service servants sprinkled in there um but a lot of a lot of these like really egregious ones like the ones who are actually really doing harm like they're yeah, don't don't think they're any better than you because they fucking aren't. Yeah, and it's also not to say that uh, even if you have not a fa- your favorite makeup of a council or whatever, that they can't be publicly pressured too. If there's mm-hmm. enough, uh, like as we've seen, like the makeup of the council isn't great right now, but you know what? There's a few of those people. We got Sue Marshall. She's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. 
but and we've got a couple that could be that could be moved on some stuff but we have to like show up right so like yeah run run for stuff support the good people who are running for stuff show up to these meetings like you don't have to do everything all the time you don't you don't have to take the entire burden of all of this on your shoulders but just do some of it some of the time i actually got my aunt to listen to the batch plant one because i was like you know that's like you're within the exposure area she's like no i care (laughs) no i totally care about something (laughs) you're within the blast radius there fella (laughs) 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 i'm kind of ambivalent about nukes well you know what's coming down right by your house there (laughs) you know i'm not really political i'm not i don't really i'm not in the oh shit i'm in the blast zone let me call my counselor I am worried about what this nuke is going to do to property values. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I am worried about what dying of radiation is going to do to my, you know, <laughs> jobs. <laughs> I remember citing the property value thing that Jan said. She was like a thirty percent reduction in pro- property values, um, and like I seriously saw like my aunt and my mom's face like. Light the like, oh my, oh my god! Because she owns this house right, and we're within right. the fucking I'm, blast I'm radius. I'm gonna say I'm a renter. You let those property values plummet. Yeah, I'm like I'm strictly concerned about my health. But yeah, fuck yeah, the property values. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean between health and property values, like it's a it's a clear choice. Hey guys, it's Carissa here, adding a plea to the listeners of this podcast. As you now know, the situation with the county is dire. It has been for a long time and continues to be now, with the fortunate exception of one counselor, Sue Marshall. All kinds of shady dealings are continuing to go down, specifically as the comprehensive plan update process has been moving along, which is a plan for managing future growth in our county. The stakes are high. Our ability to build resiliency against climate catastrophe and to mitigate it, to prevent even more congestion and pollution of the air we breathe and the water we drink, to save our agricultural lands and open space among many other things are all hanging in the balance. Millennials like me and Zoomers, so many who listen to this podcast and our kids are the ones who will be affected most by this 20-year plan. The building industry, real estate, and other development people know that it is in their financial interest to carve up as much of our home as possible until there is nothing left, which is why they are actively following county processes, why they donate to campaigns, why they deploy stooges to speak on their behalf at every single hearing, etc., and will continue to do so. They proselytize the doctrine of the benefits of endless growth, and unfortunately, they are preaching to the choir for the most part, especially in the case of the county. While campaign finance is a huge problem, it is also the conventional ideology of endless growth being good that is almost just as troublesome. We live on a finite planet, have a finite amount of resources, within a finite community that should be engaged in working with what we have, sustaining those resources long term, and distributing them fairly to ensure everyone's well-being. In the face of the climate crisis, it's even more important now than ever to reduce our dependency on supply chains that will continue to be disrupted as crops fail elsewhere. We need to produce food for ourselves here in the community. Instead, government officials are continuing to engage in this fiction that if we just let corporations come in, run the show, eat up all our land, and pollute, then we will somehow all benefit. 
With our population expected to continue growing, this argument will be hammered home even harder as they proclaim the need for more jobs, even as we have already mentioned, they will never stipulate that a business should provide good, safe, fulfilling jobs with a livable wage and good benefits. It's bullshit. It's a complete fabrication that too many have fallen for in the past and that this makeup of the county council is poised to fall for too. It doesn't help that four out of the five of them are funded and endorsed by those special interests as well. In the recent population projections debacle with the county, the council rejected the state's tried and true medium population projection and instead opted for the exact percentage increase the Building Industry Association asked them for. We urgently need to combat this pervasive influence, but we need more people paying attention and getting involved to be successful. While I don't like most of the council members we have to work with, I believe that three of the five of them can be moved with massive and sustained public engagement, and they need to be. I realize this may all sound overwhelming, but while we've just detailed this wild ride of corporate influence in public matters with Clark County in particular, we have also uncovered reason for hope and discovered successful strategies in our own local history that Philip and I detailed here on this episode. This is why, dear listener, we are begging you to not just listen to this podcast, but to get actively involved in local politics. With the crises that we face, it is not hyperbolic to say that our very lives depend on it. This engagement can start with joining our People's Clark County Discord server that actual friend of the show and recurring guest Sarah Schmidt and I created for like-minded community members to streamline efforts. We've got channels following the county, the city, the Southwest Regional Transportation Council, and more. We share notes from public meetings, discuss, strategize, and create action plans. Uh, we need people to take notes to write their council members, write letters to the editor, speak at hearings, and to garner others from within their own circles to engage as well. Most importantly, we need people to run for office. Karen Bowerman is up for re-election in 2024, and it's advised that a challenger should be picked and ready to go by this fall. No one has stepped up to the plate yet, as far as we know. Gary Medvicki from District 4 is also up for re-election and also needs a challenger. Additionally, there are spots on the Clark County Planning Commission that will be up at the end of the year. Um, if you live along the Chalachi Prairie Rail Line, there are currently three vacant spots on the Railroad Advisory Board up for grabs. We need to direct what Eric Temple ultimately puts there, and we're deeply disturbed by what we're hearing is being currently planned, which we will surely be covering for another installment of this series. It should be noted that these advisory boards are traditionally infested by people who have direct financial ties to the decisions they are advising upon. We need to take these positions back for the people. So those are just some of the positions and actions that I have at the top of my mind, but of course there are so many ways you can get involved on a political level. You have a place in this movement and we need you. We need people power to win and joining our Discord server is a good place to start to keep each other informed and to ensure that we're working together and operating as an efficient, organized movement. All right, there it is. That's my pitch. We hope to hear from you. Until next time.